Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 1. Some people have been said to say, this is the last straw. Or, don't you cross that line. Or, drawing a line for anyone or saying, this is your last chance. You know, today in this message, I just wrote this down. It's, you know, God's never done that to us. He's never said, this is your last chance. So let's not do that with others. But uh, 1 Corinthians 1.27, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you, we come to you today and a needy people. We need to hear from you. We need to hear from your spirit, your word. It doesn't matter really what I say, God. I'll run off in a rabbit trail here or there. But Father, your words are precious. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So, Father, we have that today. We have a preserved Word of God, Father, to study from. We have a message. We have a, a thought. But, God, without you, it's not going to happen. And, Father, all the men and men are praying. I ask them to pray. Pray that you'd show up today in a mighty way, God. I, I, I already asked you, Lord, I, already, I need this message. If then I don't preach this to anybody, I should preach this to myself. So, Father, I pray that you'd guide and direct these words for these few, few moments and that you'd get the glory out of it, Lord, and we'd lift the Lord Jesus Christ up. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning is, is But God. Unfortunately, I have only my family and myself to talk about. I can see them cringing already, but they're not going to get it too bad this morning. But the verse says in 1 Corinthians 1.27, But God have chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. My theme and thought today is, but God. And my question to you, which I'll say a few times in our message is, do you have a but God story? When God chose, shows up, everything changes. He's the opposite of man's thoughts. 42 years ago, one mile south of this location, a young, ungodly 21-year-old man met the Lord. Angry, alone, and God knew what I needed. I met the Savior and everything changed. But God, I cried out to him, and it was a church full of, and some of them are still here, not to slam old people because I'm old. There was 60 to 70 old people in that church, and I cried out to God, and I said, God, I, I can't do this alone. I just can't. And I could tell you, but God, how I met my wife was totally miraculous and divine, but that's another story for another time. As I go through this little rabbit trail in the beginning to set the stage for but God gave me my first son. I never seen anything like that. I seen a, a lady get pregnant and have morning sickness and she'd say pull over and they would just she'd just throw up right on the road and I I didn't get that either. And and I seen a, a really small girl grow this belly and get big and start competing for my food and, and I seen that. And then I walked into the hospital, and there's this lady screaming to beat the band. I thought, 
oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. My wife didn't say one word, but we got through there and we stayed all night and did everything wrong and we finally had a baby 24 hours later. But what I did see after watching my wife have a child, there was no question in my mind that there was a God. To see that miraculous thing be there and then come out and be (laughs) user-friendly, I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me, man. This has nothing to do with man. The birth of my first son. The terror that I experienced seeing that, watching someone I love go through that much pain was incredible. Life-changing. And I almost passed out. My second son, 11 months later, as crazy as that sound, we could not have done a commercial for birth control, that's for sure. Um, 11 months later, my second son came and Again, I almost passed out. My third son came. Again, it was a miracle. Never to be able to get over, get over it. Again, I've seen that happen. And I've seen the miracle happen. And there's another boy. And again, I almost passed out. Because there's just if you've been in a situation like that, the fluids and the whatnots are just incredible. And I'm just like, it's not for me. I don't know what it is. A room that's cold and windy and everybody's, and everybody's dressed up and... You're, you shouldn't even be there. They should not let men in the delivery room. You should go back to the old way, looking through the glass like, is it a boy, is it a girl? It's a boy, yay! That's the way men should be. Whoever thought that is the stupidest thing ever in my life. Because the things your wife can say to you in that delivery room is not pleasant. You did this to me. Like, oh, honey, what do you mean? Come here, I want to kill you. Or blow in my face. And I saw hyperventilating blowing her face. They should give you more training for that. My fourth son came within 45 minutes of showing up because my wife always says, if you want to take a shower, you better do it now. We're going to go. Well, we got there in 45 minutes. We had a baby, another boy. Again, as professional as I thought I was, I still almost passed out. But God gave us my fifth child, which was a daughter. And I'd never seen one of those before. Because <laughs> when one came out, you know, I got four boys, I know the deal. Here comes a boy. And I said, you know, it's missing some parts here. That's what I said. And I thought, and the doctor's looking at me. And so I was like, I was very animated back then. Uh, very young, very, had a lot of energy. I, sh- I should not have been in any room, operating room. I could have busted everything, you know. And so I sort of went crazy and was enthusiastic and very animated and telling the doctors and talk, 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 and all the things that I was and was not going to do because I had a girl, never seen a girl before, and uh, in, a, in a birthing room anyway. Uh, and they would have wished I passed out that day. <laughs> I'd have passed out, things would have been better, get him in, get him out of here. But God, let me see that. So my story today, as I carry on a little bit further, is what is your but God story? And you say, well, and I need you to listen careful. Maybe you don't have one. Say, well, what is God to you? What is your but God? What is God? Well, yeah, I know he made the ark. He, he made the Lord. He, I think Jesus Christ. We go to church on Christmas. And that's not the worst thing in the world, but he's more than that. He's more than that. And we sometimes forget just how great he is. Because we're so inundated with the world. Reading with my wife one morning, 
I seen this message and I started realizing how blessed I was and how God's been to me. And I don't know how you get messages, but that's how I get messages. Because But God came into my life. Everything changed. In my thought life, my thought life changed. Instead of getting, I was to give. Instead, and those things changed your life to a degree. Everything I thought changed. I'm sick, though, of this, of people blaming God for all the evil in the world. Kidnapping, rape, torture, all that stuff. Cruelty. See, God gave man a free will. And let's be honest with each other. You wouldn't have it any other way. True? Because he could have made us just all cut perfect little Christians, and this is what you do. He could have done that, but he gave us a free will. <laughs> There's something as my kids get older, they say things, cruel things to parents. And one of them don't tell me, because <laughs> you know, you've told them their whole life. And one of my kids will remain nameless, Kelly, says, don't tell me! Don't tell me! It's like, don't tell me! Because they get sick of hearing that voice. Just like a garbage disposal. <laughs> They get sick of hearing that. Don't tell me. But I say this, but God, 30 years ago, there was my wife and me and God, and we decided to start a business. And thank God, he put upon my thought life to do that. But even the more unique thing, 38 years ago, over in that room over there, Brother Dennis Wells came to me and he said, you know, Kendall, it's Pastor wants you to become a Sunday school teacher. I thought, you've got to be kidding. See, my wife had already been a Sunday school teacher for three years, cutting out her little phanographs and doing it every Sunday. But you want me to be a Sunday school teacher? I thought I wasn't qualified. I wasn't worthy. I wasn't spiritual enough. I just couldn't handle that concept. And so he said, well, go see the guy whose class you're going to take his place, right? Well, he's a sweetheart of a man, but he had narcolepsy, and he was a very calm person. And so I watched him how he did a Sunday school class, and I thought, yep, I could never, ever do this, because <laughs> he was calm. He thought what he was saying, he was well-read, well-thought, and he, you know, he was just a nice guy. <clears throat> so I thought, that's not me, but God gave me that Sunday school class, and we got started, but God also gave me this. He gave me my first granddaughter, Abigail Kate. <clears throat> and uh, as a person, as my wife, we knew how to be parents because parents, kids just torture parents, so we know how to be parents. <laughs> but grandkids are a little different. They don't torture you every day. You get to hang out with them in unique situations. So he gave me my first granddaughter. And now I have eight soon to be nine. But God, let me become a grandparent. See, just remember this. Don't forget where you came from. Because I was thinking about that today. Where I was before I was saved. I never thought I'd be 63 years old. And then, but God, let all my children become productive adults. You say, well, what's so great about that? Well, <laughs> the nut doesn't fall far from the tree, and four of my brothers were incarcerated quite a lot. And I was, in fourth grade, I had a junior um, 
parole officer because in fourth grade, and, and, and I just knew a life of crime that they knew. And so when you think about it, being a productive adult is a big achievement in our family. In James it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variance, neither shadow of turning. And that's what you need to think is, where did I come from? Who was I? And how did I get here? We often forget, because life is so cushioned, so good, in general, we forget where we were back that day where we met the Lord as our Savior. We forget about what we were thinking and how we were. And, and I always say I was dumb as a box of rocks, and that's a fact. And I got home to my house, and there was one of my friends wanting to go get high. And I said, I just got saved. I don't know how to get high. I know you've heard that before, but I, but I didn't know what I was doing. But God changed everything. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians, 4, Ephesians 2. And you've got to remember where you were. And remember what he's done. And all these stories in the Bible and all the things that God said about how God's changed people's lives. He's intervened. He's helped. He's cursed. He's blessed. He's destroyed. As we go through Ephesians, we need to go through these verses. And I just want to say, but God. And what is your but God story? Do you have one? Do you think about it? Because, you know, I had to start thinking about all the things he's done for me. And if I did that message, we would be here for two, two days. But I had to condense this. And Ephesians 2, 4, it says, But God, who is rich in his mercy and his great love, wherein he loved us. Think about how unlovely you and I are, to be honest. It says as of our righteousness is filthy rags. Anybody ever had a dirty rag somewhere and you could smell it before you could see it? And then when you picked it up, it was so rancid, you thought, oh. Well, and you said, well, I'll just throw this rag away, then wash it. And you would throw that dirty rag away. Well, that's how God seen us when we were where we were. We were a dirty, smelly rag. And he could have thrown us away or burnt us. But he said, I'm going to wash that rag. I'm going to wash that rag with the Holy Spirit. And that kid's going to get saved, and I'm going to change that man's life from within. Funny part is, when you get saved, you go back to church from a life of sin, you don't dress right, you don't talk right, you don't have the right Bible, you don't do anything right. But thank God for the brethren and say, man, I'm glad to see you today. That's what kept me coming back. Ephesians 2.5, it says, When they were dead in sins, he had quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Do you know why he said, by grace ye are saved, and not of works? Because men would have packaged it and sold it. Oh, you want to be saved? It's $10,000 to be saved. Men would have took it, took it and abused it and corrupted it. But God says, no, you don't need to buy it. You don't, can't get it. It's not about works. It's about you coming to me, just you and me. There's no man in between us. No man. It's just you and me. And you know what the funny part is? You can talk to God whenever you want right now in your chair. Well, I says, what are you, who are you talking to? I'm talking to God. Oh, okay. <laughs> she walks in. Because... You can talk to him all day long, and he hears you, and he wants to talk to you. He likes your voice. He made it. 
That's why he likes to hear men sing about God. He again, he again accuses me. Their brothers up there going, ah, look at those guys. They're all a bunch of sinning men. And but the guy goes, hey, come here. See the guys at prayer meeting? There's 90 or 100 guys singing to me. Yeah, they're every one of them are sinners. But my son got them here. And they're singing to God, praising the Lord. And everybody's going, yeah. And the accuser of the brethren has to flee because God's saying, see, there they are. And no matter of fact, it's not just in Treasure Valley. It's all over the world. Men singing up their voices to God, praising God, even though they can't hit a lick in a tune. You ever write your own songs to God? I've done a million of them. They're the worst songs in the world to the world, but not to him. They're my limited editions for him. I just wish not to share them with you. <laughs> I've sung so many songs to the Lord. Yeah, they're good songs. Verse 6. He hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places. In places in Christ Jesus. The sun's 93 million miles away. Yeah, it's a big road trip, I know. But... He set us to set in heavenly places in the best view of, this, of wherever we are. And, and now science has got these giant telescopes and they see these nebulas and these stars and these systems out there a hundred million light years away or a hundred thousand light years away. And they're beautifully, they're all kinds of colors and glass and there's light shining behind it. I wonder where that light's coming from. I mean, it's science, is it not? They look and say, look at that nebula, it's beautiful, and there's hundreds of thousands of galaxies and stars, vast upon any man could ever imagine, and it's beautiful, and it's lit up, and it's there. Someone put it there. God put it there. Come down from the Father of lights. If you doubt God, just wait till tonight. Look up. There he is. There he is. The Father of lights. That's one reason why I've sat through some serious fireworks shows. If you've ever been to Florida, any Disney stuff, they overdo it with fireworks. And it's the same old 45 minutes of just... And I'm bored to death with it. But, you know, everybody ooh and all over it. But, man, you know who's going to have some serious fireworks? God's going to set you there and say, hey, look at this. Look at those nebulas. And, and oh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring them close. I'm going to light them up. And you're going to be going, yeah, he's going to light them up. And there's no cost, and there's good seating, and there's good food, and you get to watch that stuff forever. Oh, brother, you're a little upset, a little wound tight. Yeah, I am, because it's going to happen. I'm 62 years old, and I've seen a lot of stupid stuff. One thing I haven't seen, when he comes back, it's going to take all him people. I seen a guy on TV the other day go, I don't care about hellfire. I don't care about burning in the lake of fire or hell. I don't care about eternal torture. I'm not afraid of God. What a foolish man. I am totally afraid of him because he made me. Verse 7, he says that the ages to come might show exceedingly riches in his grace and his kindness towards through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. In my Father's are house of many mansions, but we're not so I would have told you. If I go to prepare a place again, I will come again and receive you to myself. There's something beyond Meridian, Idaho. 
But God, but God. And you hardly have to have but God to get there. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but the gift of God. It's a gift, and he gives it to us. Nine says, not of works, lest any man should boast. And God kept it out of the hands of men, and thank God for it. Ten, it says, we are the workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know something? When I was a kid, and we were not good people, we made fun of the do-gooders. Tortured them. I'm sorry, we did. You know what? You should be a do-gooder. You should be a do-gooder. Every one of us, especially kids, identifying a little coolness. I don't be a do-gooder in case you should be a do-gooder as a young kid, as an adult, as an old person, because all you're doing is saying, you know what? Go ahead and mock me, be cruel to me, yell at me, scream at me, throw stuff at me, but I'm going to be a do-gooder because all I'm doing is saying, hey, this is who I am, that's who I was, and there's who I'm doing it for, him, but God. I'm doing it for him. You ever want to tell one of somebody off and didn't do it? You did it for him. Think about it. And sometimes people you want to tell off deserve it. You did it for him. But God. What God gave us in his son that we might go to heaven in spite of our carnality and our wicked thoughts. Let me ask you, anybody have any wicked thoughts today <laughs> that we could put up on the screen right there? Anybody willing to let us put that monitor on you? Hey, Ben, you want to do that? Put your thoughts up there on the screen today. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put my thoughts on that screen today. A wick, you're just, your thought life condemned you. And he still wants to use us? Only God could do something like that. Everybody thinks, well, the disciples, you know, the disciples had bad thoughts too. <laughs> and they were disciples. And then, you know what the, the accused brother does? He wants you to feel so dirty that you won't hand out a track. Or you say, no, nah, I'm so dirty, I'm so dirty. He wants to dirty you in your own mind and say, see, see, because every time before I come to preach, he says, that, Kendall, that is the dumbest message in the world. I don't know how you came up with that, but they aren't going to like it. And that just may be true, but it's from him. I had to tell him, get behind me, Satan, down offense on me, get away from me. Get away from me. Put that old man in that back room. Where he belongs. Put the old Kendall back there. He belongs in that room. He's just bouncing on the wall in there. And God says, you get out there and you tell him about me. And what he's done in your life. I'm 63, I could be dead tomorrow. But God, not of works, grace saved, gift of God, heavenly places. Why? Because he loves us. Question. This has happened to me. Have you ever met a reservation? Because I'm a big reservation guy. I believe in reservations. I believe in knowing where you're going. They know that you're getting there. They treat you special. I like all the pomp and circumstance. It just inflames my wife to no end, but that's the way it is. So I went to this one town, reservations. I called her, talked to the nice lady. She said, Mr. Doty, you're in the computer. I said, what is your name? Whatever name it was, I wrote it down. I said, well, we can't wait to see you, Mr. Doty. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I got there to the desk at the given time, and I said, hey, Doty understood. He goes, oh, we don't see you in there, Mr. Doty. I'm going, I know, I talked to so-and-so. Well, she's not in today. <laughs> you got to be kidding. 
So I ended up in some other place, and some other place I didn't want to go, and some place is not as good because this was a two-story thing. I wanted to be in there. I like it being better, and I had to go to a regular room like everybody else, and I couldn't take it. But I'm telling you right now, the reservation, she blew it because she didn't care. Jesus Christ is the reservation keeper. He not only works 24 hours a day, he's on the job. <laughs> he knows your name. Oh, Brother Wilson, he knows the hairs on your head as few as those are. <laughs> he knows the hairs on your head. And Brother Nace, he knows there's going to be some someday. He knows those things. And he's got your name. He's got your place. He's got you where you are. And here's where you go. And we've been expecting you. He knows it. The incompetency of man is incredible. But there is no incompetency with our Lord. But God. Because let's face it. You and I are not lovable. Herein is, herein is love. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Sent his son for the propitiation of our sins. Don't forget where you came from. Psalms 64. Psalm 64. If I hurry up, we'll get out of here before time. Psalm 64. And salvation, knowing God, starts your but God story. I was a little boy in third grade, I think it was, and they told me my dad had gotten remarried. And I remember the day next to that old beat-up house, next to that calapidated siding, I was crying my eyes out against the siding, crying out to God I did not know. And because uh, I believed when your dad got remarried that he wasn't your dad anymore. So I was a little third grade little boy in a real poor area in a town thinking my daddy was not my daddy no more. But that's not true. I have a heavenly father that was with that little boy. I remember this like yesterday. And something made me feel different. And I thought, what is that? I was thinking about, because I was crying and no one around me. I'll never forget that moment. That's why I want to meet the God that created me. <laughs> Psalm 64.4 says this, that, ye, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly they do shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in evil matter. They continue of lying snares privily, and they say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities, and they accomplish their diligent search, both inward thoughts and every one of them, the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow, and suddenly they shall be wounded. So they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and shall declare the works of God, for they shall wisely consider his doings. And today... Go ahead and turn to Job 4. Today I want you to consider his doings. His doings in, his, in your life. And I think sometimes we just sort of forget 
what in the world he's done for us. And go down that journey from way back when. Remember, guys, oh, guys, look at me. Remember when you first seen your wife and you thought she was the beautiful thing in the whole wide world? And all you wanted to do is just talk to her. And she would just, blah, blah, blah. you guys would talk for hours upon hours. And her hair would flip and you'd think, her so beautiful. Her face is so beautiful. Her eyes are so beautiful. Her countenance is so beautiful. You just wanted to spend time talking to that beautiful creature. Remember that day, guys? Consider his doings. Go back. Well, she didn't like that no more. Well, neither are you. You've gained about 10 sizes in your waistline, you know what I mean? And you don't have any hair and you snore and you have to use deodorant and you're just pretty not pretty to look at no matter what. I guarantee you, she's aged better than you. Guaranteed. You're rusty and old and dirty and scratchy and harsh and not even fun to be around. Consider his doings. Remember back. Does wonders for the heart. That's wonders. Man, we're made out of dust. You're made out of dirt, right? Filthy creatures. That's why my grandkids are in the mud and the dirt and loving every minute of it, eating it. I think it's just a doty thing, but no, every little boy, God bless them. They're just a bunch of dirty animals. <laughs> Job 4, and I'm saying this to say this. Even Satan, the accuser of the brethren, is, mocks God's creation. Brother Sam had a message about the accuser of the brethren and about how he does that. And he mocks it because we're made out of clay and God made us in his image and now God even uses us in the world to shed the light and to tell his story. And he hates it. So put yourself in this little dark spot at one time. Job 4, verse 15, 14. And it says, now go up to 13. In the thoughts and visions of the night, when deep sleep fall upon men, fear came about me, trembling, which made my bones to shake. You ever been scared in the middle of the night? Well, here comes a real good one. Then the, listen to this. Then a spirit passed before my face, and the hairs of my flesh stood up, and it stood still, and I could not discern there the form thereof. And imagined was be, an image was before mine eyes, and there was a silence, and I heard a voice saying, I guarantee you, I would be screaming at that point. And so would you guys. Ah! You ever hear a man scream? Verse 17, shall, and here's what he says. Shall mortal man be more just than God? Because he couldn't believe Job, if Job was not curse God, curse God and die. He wouldn't do it. Shall mortal men be more just than God? Shall man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put for trust in his servants, and his angels he charged for folly. I mean, there was a church split in heaven. Just remember that. Next time you're whining and complaining about whatever's going on around here, there was a church split in heaven. Don't think it can't happen here. A third of the angels left. Church split. I wouldn't want to be on that side. And that's what will happen to you too. Okay, thank you for that commercial. Behold, he put no trust in his servants and his angels charged folly. 19. How much less is them that dwell in the house of clay, whose foundations is dust, which is crushed before the moth, 
They are destroyed morning and evening, perish forever without regarding of it. Doth not their excellency with which is in them go away? They die even without wisdom. The devil was saying to Job, you are nothing. You guys have no wisdom. You are, you are lambs of the slaughter and you die without wisdom. And God says, yeah, that's true. But, the, but they are talking about me. Women, you're made out of a rib. Eve, the serpent beguiled me. You are the latest model. You are a better model. There's no doubt about it. A rib's better than dirt, by far. A lot of Christians have the billy goat religion. You've heard this, but I can't, but I won't, but I don't want to, but, 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 but. But tomorrow. But God chose his son, his son. But God chose to uh, be born, sent his son to be born in a manger. But God let his son be raised by man. But God let his son die on the cross for you and I. But God chose to preserve the word at, for men that we might be saved. But God inspired 102 pilgrims. 66-day six, journey. Landed on Plymouth Rock, December 21st, 1620. Think, what's that for? Think about it for a minute. But God, in July 4th, 1776, 13 colonies declared independence and adopted the Declaration of Independence from British rule. But God, some have paid the price. I'm going to, I heard this, just, I heard it, and Mike Andreessen's the one who came up with this thought. And it's an excellent thought, and I'm going to say it. I just heard it. Two pieces of metal are against each other. And they're doing nothing but touching each other, and they're no good for nothing. But some craftsman with a welding rod comes and welds those two pieces together and makes them one and special. But the sad part is, the welding rod gives its life for those two pieces of metal to survive. And that is, and I got that, and I heard that was from Mike Andreessen, and he probably tells the story much better. But that welding rod, and it's high heat, and it gives its life to bring those two pieces of metal to be something usable and something to be used in some situation. And that's exactly what he did for me and you. God sent his son to weld us together from the father to man, and the son is the welding rod that brings us together where we can be useful. Thank you. I told Sam and Kate last night, to think what it would be like if you weren't saved. You'd be worth nothing. You'd be walking around wanting a newer boat, a newer car, a newer house, a newer this. Look at me, videos of me. Oh, don't. Videos of me working out. Please don't do that. <laughs> Nobody cares how strong you think you are or how beautiful you think you are. Oh, here's what I do 19,000 sit ups. Well, I can eat, I can go to a buffet and eat for three hours. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, that'll really gross you out. Have my wife watch me eat at the buffet like four times. <laughs> this is what I do for fun. <laughs> but no, they'll take pictures of me working out and send it out for everybody to see. I know I just made a ton of people mad. <laughs> you know where most affairs happen? In gyms. You go to a gym, don't be nice to nobody, get your workout done, and get out of there. You see a brother, and you go, book a Mormon to you. They'll leave you alone. <laughs> book a Mormon to you, brother. They go, man, they'll run from you, man. 
And then when they tell people in church, I didn't say that. I said, hey, brother, how you doing? <laughs> God will forgive you of a lie. Anyway. <laughs> how did I get into that? Okay. <laughs> so the welding rod story. Yeah, it was a good story. From Brother Mike Andreessen. In spite of man's corruptible mind and unfavorable quest for power, God has given us a book of the Holy Spirit, the church, of family and friends and prosperity and health and peace and confidence and future and love with the brethren. Almost done. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, she is a man's wife. You know... I think that would cause a lot of people from having affairs, wouldn't you? Leave another man's wife alone. Well, brother, I've sinned. I get it. But leave another man's wife alone. And ladies, leave another man's wife's husband alone. You got one, that's enough. Well, he does this. Yeah, well, so do you. I'd like to see a fly on the wall and watch you too. Vice versa. The wife of thy youth. You know when you throw your wife or husband away, you're telling God it ain't good enough. Now, I came from a divorced family, and I know divorce happens. If one of your mates says, I'm gone, there's nothing you can do about it. It happens. I get it. Start your new life. There's life after it. Just remember, don't do that to somebody. God, my wife or my husband is not good enough. Well, I would like you to look at my wife 40 years, 42 years ago. She was the prettiest girl in Meridian by far. I just was lucky enough to end up with her. Just remember back, guys, how great she was. She still is. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Selah. The last enemy is going to be conquered is death. And God's going to do away with the grave. He's going to do away with the death. and going to do away with the parting of people and loved ones saying, I'll see you later. I love you. I love you. I'll see you later. Now tell me, is heaven real? It is real. We just got to get there. But God said unto thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? I got to admit, I have a little extra water. I have a little extra dry food. I have a Generac generator, so if the power goes out, my power's on. You think, okay, and I got some guns and bullets and dog. I got all that, but you know who's going to get it? It's my lost relatives. My lost relatives are going to end up with a lot of junk. Because they're going to need it for seven years. Think about that for a minute. Can't take it with you. You have this time on earth to make a difference. Financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. You have this time on life, but you're a heartbeat away from heaven or hell. It could happen right now. There's a man who died in the pulpit. And God, but God shall raise him from the dead. He said to Lazarus, come forth. They said, Lord, he stinketh. What are you talking about? Jesus said, so you'll believe in my father, believe in me. Lazarus, come forth. And you're going to hear his voice. You're going to hear his voice, and it's going to be the sweetest voice that you'll ever hear. Because he's our Savior. 
I've had a love affair with someone I don't know, but I do know for 42 years. I pray to him. I like him. He makes me feel bad sometimes. But he's done so much for me and my family. So much for me and this church. So much for me and this country. So much for me and everything around the world. What's your but God story? What is it? Oh, I started putting me on. I'd like to start getting people up. Tell me we got time. We'll do it. You know, you need to rehearse and think about it. What is your but God story? When someone comes to you and says something about God, you go, well, you know, I'm saved. <laughs> yeah, he saved me. Saved my kids. Well, if we say, hey, you just inherited $87 million. Well, you go ballistic. You inherited more than $87 million when he saved you. You did. He changed you from in and out. He made you that new person. So what is your but God story? See, Christians have it so good, so made so well in this great nation. If you don't believe that, look on your dollar bill. It says, in God we trust. In this great nation. You know the funny part? I mean, my wife, as we travel, we go to Florida, wherever we go. I meet Christians all over the place. She's even brought this one pastor to my, I okay, you got to meet this guy. Brought him to my hotel. Like, I don't want to meet this guy. You got to meet him. Okay, how are you doing? <laughs> you know. I meet Christians all over the place. They're everywhere. Christians are everywhere. But the lost is everywhere also. Don't be sad. Be glad. What is your but God story? Many will say in that day, if a piano player could come, many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Is thy name have cast out devils? In thy name have we not done many wondrous works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What is your but God story? With head, every head bowed and every eye closed. Just I pray that you'd listen to me for a minute. What is your but God story? Do you have one? Make sure you know him. Make sure you take that step of, Lord, I want to know you as my Savior. And if you ain't sure that you have that story, you please come here and we will have a guy take you in a back room or a lady and we'll get you started on the but God story. It's no, we won't embarrass you. I won't your name. Every head's bowed. Every eye closed. Nobody even sees what's going on but God. If you're that person, come up here. And we'll quietly take you into another room and show you how God can start your life. And the devil's going to pull on your heart and your chain and say, no, I can't go forward because. Oh, I can't go forward because. I don't want to because. Well, think about it. And those who are looking on, online, bow your head and ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Believe in thy heart that he died and rose again on the third day and confess your sins. And it says, he, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is that you? And then, to everybody that's saved here, how you doing? Have you forgot? Have you forgot those days when he saved you and you would witness to the Circle K clerk 
you'd witness to the taxi driver. You'd witness to the policeman. And you said, God, just give me anyone. Everywhere you went, you'd say, hey, can I tell you a story? And you just, you had the confidence of a, a lion. And you said, please, can I tell you what God did for me? Folks, we can't forget that. I'm the biggest offender here. I can't forget it. 42 years ago, he showed up when I needed him. And he'll show up for you if you need him and if you want him, but he will not make you be that. He will not. So if you're saved and you have a but God story, please work on it. And just tell the others just how great he is. Because this, but God hath chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. But God hath chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things of the mighty. What is your God story? Go home today and talk about it. Think about it. Write it down. Talk to your wife about it. Talk to your kids about it. Everybody be on the same page. There's one great superhero in our life, and it's not the heroes on the TV. It's Jesus Christ. He's the true superhero of humanity. Remember like that welding rod, he gave his life for those two pieces of metal to become whole. He took the Father from heaven and a sinner from this earth and introduced him. He said, this is my heavenly Father. Please. And heavenly Father, this is Kendall. Remember those days, folks. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've done for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and turn your uh, pages to 388. Songbook 388.
brother Adam Jackson, will you come up and close us in a word of prayer? I know he's saying, Kendall, why? Come on up and close in a word of prayer, brother. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are able to redeem us, Lord, and you chose to redeem us. And we learned about that today. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for what you've offered us and, and, and our salvation. And Lord, we just pray that everybody leaves here safely and enjoys their afternoon and comes back tonight, Lord. And we love you and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.